Hello and welcome again to a presentation of Conflict Mediation Services of Downsview. This is the show where we address the issues of conflict in our community and how best to deal with them. We will have guest speakers offering their insights and information, members of the community sharing their experiences, and in the latter half of each show, take your calls and questions surrounding conflicts you may have in your life and how CMSD can help. From time to time, we hope to bring you panel discussions that examine specific concerns in your lives. Conflict Mediation Services of Downsview is a community-based, not-for-profit organization that deals with referrals from community members about sp- various issues of conflict and provides training of individuals to become mediator volunteers. We are located at 95 Eddystone Avenue in Downsview and can be reached at 416-740-2522. Our website is www.cmsd.org. I'm your host, Brian Martin, Coordinator Resource Development at Conflict Mediation Services. Joining me once more is Greg Fenton, Coordinator Community Program, also at CMSD. Good evening. Our topic this evening is one that has great relevance in our society today. Cultural resistance to third-party mediation. Is there another way? Before we continue, some acknowledgments. We thank the generous support and assistance of Padre Hernan, Carolina Tevez, and the good folks at San Lorenzo Latin American Community Center for this opportunity to reach out to the community. As well, thanks go to the staff here at Voces Latinas 1610 for their continued help in putting this show on the air. When Greg and I first talked about today's subject, cultural resistance to third-party mediation, I was concerned. I was concerned because this is a strong topic. We knew it was important because of recent events and we knew it was something that we had to address early in this program if this show was going to be a success. Our purpose with this topic, as in any topic, is to provide information regarding alternative forms of dealing with conflict. It is to create understanding for all community members to consider making other choices that may not be traditional to them and that they may not be aware of existing in our society. But we have to be careful. We're not here to preach. We're not here to condescend, but to inform the community and promote a service that is free and available to all, for all to use. Yet, I became more distressed with each passing week as it seemed A day did not go by without a news headline of violence, desperation, or despair. Worse still, many of the tragic results seem to involve our diverse cultural base here in Canada and Toronto as well specifically. Five specific examples that I saw in the news come to mind immediately, and I want to share those ones with you before we get further into our show. In British Columbia, a jury finds a man guilty in the stabbing death of his teenage daughter. She had been secretly dating a boy outside of their culture, 
when a car accident involving the two lovers reveals the relationship, the father is said to have told his daughter, I wish you had both died in that accident. It would have been easier. Shortly after she was killed, it was revealed that she had planned to move away from their small town and start a new life with her boyfriend. I have to wonder if the family members felt they had no recourse in solving this family conflict. How had a lack of communicating feelings led to this conflict? Here at home, Torontonians are shocked by two equally violent and traumatic incidents over the span of one weekend. On a recent Saturday, two men arrive at a home looking for a third man they believe still lives there. He does not, and within minutes, one man shoots the other, then breaks into the home only to kill himself in front of the horrified new homeowner. Police are still baffled as to the nature of the event. Was it payback or an incomplete murder-suicide? What do these actions say about the individuals and their inability to deal with the conflicts in their lives? Of course, by now, we have all heard the tragic details of the family involving the parent who threw his daughter and himself over a bridge. This final act was the result of the ending of a marriage and the events that happened afterwards many times involving custody and breakup. What compels a man to not only take his life, but that of an innocent as well? How can any one of us understand this man's actions? Was he trying to communicate something to everyone about his situation in a way that is not traditional in dealing with conflict? Still, on the topic of last resorts, what could have compelled someone to drive a van into Queen's Park, douse himself in gasoline, and when thwarted in his attempt to drive that van into the legislature, set himself ablaze as a final protest of his life and treatment? Was this a statement from someone who was trying to communicate something in a way that is not customary for most people? And finally, the stunning end to one of the darkest chapters in Canadian history, the destruction of Air India Flight 182 and the killing of over 330 lives. That, the trial that took so long to, end, to start ended with acquittals for both of the accused. The tragic events of the case did not overshadow the loss of life of over 300 people. They may have died in response to some previous actions taken half a world away at another time. Why did the perpetrators of this act, whoever they may be, choose this way to communicate their anger and how could they have better told the world of their frustration without resorting to such extreme measures? There is a sad, unfortunately a sad, but significant theme running throughout each of these tragedies. Culture and more importantly, the challenges people face in coping with their culture in the larger community. To be sure, it is not easy for first-generation people and or newcomers to deal with the comfort and familiarity of their culture with their new surroundings. The new issues that come up that put stresses and pressures on a person and any relationships that person has with others.
all of these stresses, stresses excuse me, and pressures combine with traditional views and practices in terms of behavior. But why is it that some people turn to extreme measures, as we would think of them, to resolve their conflicts? And how can we identify and deal with the minor conflicts that occur every day in our diverse cultural settings? Better still, how can we help people to see that they do have a choice, they do have an alternative when seeking to resolve the conflicts that arise, some from their culture and some from adapting to their culture in a new environment? To help us examine the unique nature of culture and conflict, we have on our show tonight Istar Ahmed, Chair of Family Support and Youth Services of Etobicoke, Jenny D'Alessandro, a mediator volunteer with CMSD, and Ruby Breaker, a person who will soon be taking the mediation skills training with CMSD. I welcome all of you. First off, please tell the audience a bit more about yourself and what kind of work you are involved in and some of the issues relating to culture and conflict you experience. Istar? Hello, my name is Istar. Um, I am the founder and director of Family Support and Youth Services of Etobicoke, an organization that has been set up to advocate and address the social, local, uh, the local pressing social issues affecting families. Um, my work of somehow my work is involved with the uh, cultural and culture and conflict. Um, culture is essential part of conflict and cultures are like underground rivers that run through our lives and relationships, giving us messages that shape our per perception, judgment, and ideas of self and others. Though cultures are powerful, they are often unconscious, inf influencing conflict and attempts to resolve conflict in invisible ways. Um, my personal experience in conf conflict and culture is that I would like to say a bit about my background. Um, I'm from East Africa, Somalia, um, a country that is known as a monostate, meaning there is only one culture, one language, one faith. Everything is one, except there is always a conflict um, underneath in every country. And the only problem within our country is that we do have clans and subclans. And that is the only conflict that Somalia never had or never agree a government. Because of that, it, Somalia has been and is stateless for the past 15 years. Um, the question is, what is cultural, cultural message? To me, my understanding is that there is a cultural message to every other culture because um, the cultural message is the information we got from the groups or culture we belong to about what is meaningful or important, who we are in the world and in relation to others or our identities. Um, in terms of what part of the uh, activities that I, in, that I am involved within family support and youth services is cross-cultural through um, conflict mediation. And that is important because Cultural messages, uh, cultural messages shape our understanding of relationships. Uh, for example, if I take one of the, uh, what uh, Brian have said, 
For example, father may disown his daughter by getting married to someone else uh, from different culture. For me or somebody else to understand that, uh, it's possible that this father is relating or reacting to something that other groups from different cultures may not know, meaning that it's part of his culture of not allowing his daughter or his son to intermarry other cultures from different uh, community. And that is why it's important for me to increase the awareness of cross-cultural awareness and cultural message. But the question is, um, how can we respond to culture and conflict? Because culture is always a factor in conflict, whether it, whether it plays a central role or influence. For any conflict that touches us where it matters, where we make meaning and hold our identities, there's always a cultural component. And that is why I'm so grateful tonight to be part of this group and um, to increase the awareness of the cultural and conflict, uh, awareness of cultural and conflict. And uh, that's why I'm so uh, appreciative of cultural uh, and cross-cultural awareness within mediation. And thanks for Greg. Thank you, Esther. Um, Jenny, you were recently working with CMSD uh, at the private inf information courts. Tell us about yourself and your experiences there, please. I worked for Private Information Court at 1000 Finch, um, which is the Attorney General's office. Um, the courts are hold, held there. And Private Information Court program um, is sort of a diversion from the actual court, criminal court system. So what happens there is private people make private charges and they go in front of a justice of a peace. So let's use an example. Um, I have a conflict with my next door neighbor and um, they park their car in a place where I need to also pass. And I've called the police a couple of times and the police refer me to um, the justice of the peace. And, and there's a process in place there where I go to the Justice of the Peace and I make my private complaint and that becomes an information. And that information is actually um, put before the courts and in front of a Crown Attorney. And as a diversion program, what happens there is um, CMSD comes in with a program to help with that and we become the third party involved. And hopefully we can take the cases within the court system and take them outside of the court system to better service what it is that we're looking for in a conflict um, and resolution. So for instance, instead of having a judge or the Crown Attorney make a suggestion as to how my next door neighbor and I are going to solve our problem, um, we give that opportunity for people to come around a table and talk about it. And they have an opportunity to discuss why it is that they have this conflict and how to resolve it. So in dealing with shared space and issues like this, um, so the diversion program with the court system is working really well, and I've had a wonderful experience as a case manager with the courts and CMSD in helping people within our community with the conflict that they um, survive on a daily basis and hopefully um, participating in a program that will resolve conflict on a peaceful, within a peaceful um, resolution and coming to a new understanding as how to move forward without using um, violence and 
and anger and hopefully we'll we'll move forward to coming to to a new understanding of of having discussions and deciding okay well this isn't important to me as much as another thing might be important and having that dialogue with people that you're in conflict with and in normal circumstances you you're angry so you don't talk to that person mm-hmm. And we give that opportunity to sit at a table with mediators um, to come to a new understanding and work through, and work through it. So it's, it's a wonderful program that's offered with, um, by CMSD and the Attorney General. And, uh, I mean, I've had some really wonderful opportunities to deal with our community because it's on 1000 Finch. So our community is very diverse and uh, we live in a multicultural society. And our understanding of the world comes from our culture and what we live in and what we're born into. And wonderfully enough, we do come from um, an understanding that our parents give us. <clears throat> and we move forward in, in our society that's so multicultural and sometimes what I understand is different from what the other person understands. Um, so I was lucky enough to be born here in Canada and I'm Italian by heritage, and yet being born in Canada, I'm well aware of the cultures that are around me, and I make it my business to know about cultures and what is happening within the cultures in my community. Um, For others, it might be more difficult, where you are coming from a different culture, and you're put into a society that is so multicultural that it becomes difficult um, to understand where other people are coming from, because culture is so important when we interact with each other. So my understanding of a hello and a handshake might be different than the other person coming from a different culture, a different cultural understanding, a different religion. It might be different. So in understanding the way we interact with each other via culture and understanding each other's way of looking at life and looking at living our everyday lives, it becomes a very important part of solving our misunderstandings. And in recognizing that culture does play a role in our interaction, um, we could possibly come to a new way of looking at each other and respecting each other's background and the way we do understand life and the way we do understand our daily lives and our families, our friends, our schools, our workplaces. So in understanding that and giving it a space in our lives, we can move forward maybe a little bit easier. That's excellent. Thank you, Jenny. And uh, you made some points that uh, I'm hoping we can come back to later on in the show. Thank you for that. Our final guest is Ruby Breaker. Bleaker. Excuse me, Ruby. You have uh, recently become involved with CMSD. What brought you to us, and uh, what do you hope to achieve with your experiences at CMSD? Hi, uh, good evening. My name is Ruby Breaker. Uh, what I achieved to, uh, what I hope to achieve at uh, CMS is like try and then help the communities, and that this these services are available to you. Because myself, I've been uh, actually I experienced. Um, uh, I was involved in an MVA accident. And um, I, I have a little bit of background about mediation, so I, the reason why I tried to, to get involved into this um, program is um, to help people to understand that, you know, these services are available to you and free of charge. And um, 
just um, try and then, you know. No, we understand. That's excellent. Thank you, Ruby. Um, we're hoping um, perhaps uh, in future you can even uh, let us know how things are working in the process as you go through your mediation, uh, your mediation training and perhaps even come back on the show another day and tell us how things are working and working for you and some of the experiences that you have as you go through the, uh, the training process. We talked a bit about training in our last show uh, last month, um, what services are available, the training and, uh, and what it entails. Um, perhaps one thing that uh, Greg and I can discuss for future is getting someone to really talk about their experiences as they go throughout the process. We'll take a quick break. When we return, a roundtable discussion on tonight's topic, cultural resistance to third-party mediation, followed by a chance for you, the audience, to have your say in a phone-in segment. You're listening to 1610 AM, Voces Latinas. Welcome back to Conflict Mediation Services on the Air. This is Brian Martin, and Greg Fenton joins me as ever. Our guests are Ishtar Ahmed, Jenny D'Alessandro, and Ruby Breaker. Our topic is cultural resistance to third-party mediation. Is there another way? Okay, so what do we mean by cultural resistance? I have an idea, and was certainly surprised by how much of it I saw in the news recently. To me, it seemed members of our community were having difficulty resolving their heritage or culture with laws or rules or expectations of their adopted land. That might be a bit naive. I'm hoping some of the professionals that are here with me tonight can shed some light on this. As, uh, as I indicated in our last show, I'm sort of fumbling my way through as I learn about conflict mediation. So I'm hoping that my good friends here will, um, will, will enlighten me. Um, Alternatively, they may be, these people may not realize or appreciate that they have more options here than may have been available. Now, even as I'm reading this, I, have, I realize that, uh, 
that uh, Jenny's given, Jenny and I, or the group of us, in fact, spoke on this particular topic before the show. And uh, as an anthropologist, Jenny made a very good point that I would like to, uh, to share with everyone. But uh, Greg, first Greg, as the coordinator community program for CMSD, you must have some experience with cultural issues in your job. Uh, to, to start tonight's discussion, um, can you, again, shed some light, give us some, uh, some insights to some of your experiences with culture and conflict? And I'm hoping as a group we can um, get a better understanding of not necessarily, not specifically those incidents that I, that, that I discussed at the beginning of the show that we were looking at, but just uh, give us a sense of culture and conflict in our society today, please. Well, in terms of uh, conflict mediation services of Downsview, culture is an integral component of uh, our everyday work life and possibly, I guess, our personal lives because uh, the composition of the staff at CMSD is quite diverse in terms of culture. So every day that you come to work here, that's a consideration as part of your everyday uh, interaction with people. And then specifically with my role as a the case manager for community uh, mediations, I deal a lot with uh, culture in terms of individuals who experience some kind of concern or issue with someone about something, and possibly they're looking for an opportunity to create a peaceful resolution for those situations. Not all the time do those situations go forward with a mediation process that we practice, but we try to deal with them on an individual basis. So we have a large pool or roster of mediators who are community members who come from various cultures. Uh, the components of the whole roster are for gender, uh, culture, ethnicity, language, age, experience. So when we have individuals who contact the service either directly or through a referral, i.e. through the police or social service agency, we do an intake and we identify the kinds of situations unique to that experience of that situation for those individuals. Part of the consideration is that a person may be contacting us who does not speak English as a first language. And so if there's a need for us to actually do the intake in another language, we'll identify one of our uh, mediator volunteers who can contact the individual and provide for that person to be able to com comfortably express themselves as best they can in their first language. So we want to be seen as not an obstacle, but uh, as an opportunity for people in the community, even though we don't, quote, come across as a, uh, outwardly as a cultural, diverse organization, because, for example, when you call us, our phone messages are in English, our name is in English, but we want to provide behind the scenes and a foundation that we are a cross-cultural organization. So we can include as part of the mediation dynamic when people take a, become involved on a case, the mediators can come from one of the cultures of the individual if there's a need for language, if there's a sense that someone feels more, more, more comfortable in having someone from their community as a, a cultural person. And then again, it's not to make an assumption that because someone's from culture, 
They want someone from their same culture as part of the mediation team. So we, we will take, on an individual basis, individuals, ask them, is it important for you as well to have someone from your culture as part of the mediation team? Uh, the whole situation is continually assessed for whether the process that we practice will be helpful for the individuals who are involved in the conflict. Uh, in terms of the group here tonight, we have, a, you know, there's uh, a large group here, a cross-cultural component, so I'm really uh, pleased by that. Thanks, Greg. Um, Jenny, you mentioned before that uh, there are many cultures have established mediation as as part of their society, elders, yeah. shaman, padres. Yet we do find, uh, as evidenced earlier in the show, that some people don't take advantage of that mediation, that facilitation, and find themselves resorting to uh, extreme measures. I'm hoping we can talk a little more about that as a group where do we find this this uh, conflict within cultures? Where is it breaking down? I, is it something that's individual? Is it could it be a um, something a, something larger? Um, let's see if we can't just discuss that amongst our uh, as a group and and get a sense of uh, of what we're seeing in our society today. Well, my belief is is that because we're so multicultural um, and we do have our prior. Um, existence in other countries a lot of the time, and we're first generations, or we're actually immigrants here into Canada. Um, and my my saying that in back home in the old country, um, we have things in place. So, for example, you know the mediators would be the priests. Um, it would be our grandmothers. It would be the shaman, the people that are respected within society and have a natural ability to help when there's conflict. And then when we come here into, within Canada and in our, in our Canadian identity and our Canadian reality, sometimes I find it might be difficult to approach those systems. Um, so a lot of the times when we are feeling conflicted or we have issues within our families or with work, sometimes we feel not at ease. It doesn't come easily to reach out and say, Father, I need your help, or you know, go to the old people in your family, or maybe even those old people are not available to us because that system doesn't stand here alone. So it becomes very difficult to get um, that network that's usually within your community um, to reach out and say, listen, I have a problem or I have an issue. Can I talk to you about it? Could you help me out with my husband? Um, you know, there might be an example where marriage within within a particular culture and I mean within most cultures it's it's forever doesn't matter what happens and sometimes we need that help we need our elders and we go to our elders and say well my husband might have been cheating on me and I'm not leaving him but I need to resolve this how am I going to do this or my husband or my wife is violent towards me or abusive. And how do you deal with this? Instead of reacting and being violent back, we need to find something within our community here and reach out. So we need to establish, and I mean, one thing that CMSD does is give that opportunity for people to reach out and make that connection and say, I have issues um, and I need to deal with my next door neighbor leaving garbage outside. 
um, and that gives everybody an opportunity. So com- community services, um, like conflict mediation services of Downs U, is offering that opportunity. And it might be that the reason why things are happening, um, like the man just last week or two weeks ago that threw his daughter and he threw himself over the over the ramp um, on the highway, maybe he didn't have somewhere or he felt he didn't have somewhere to reach out. Um, and that might be something that we can look at and we are providing that and we are addressing it and that's very important. And we need to make that people aware. We need to make our community members aware that there are services out there. And although it might not be our grandmother next door or the older people next door, that we do have services that are non-for-profit, that are third-party, um, impartial people that do not have a say or really have an idea or have a, that care about the way it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So basically we give that opportunity of that third party, that third person to be in there and help out and not having a stake in how it goes. Um, so I think that's something that we definitely need to look at. And that's why I believe in our community um, and CMSD and being a volunteer with CMSD. It's gratifying because I am um, helping my community in hopefully building a peaceful um, existence in such a diverse kind of community. I'm wondering, could it be um, perhaps a, a trust issue in that you have, someone has a conflict, they, they're, they're dealing with it, it's there day by day, moment by moment, and for whatever reason you don't feel the trust of the established social structure that we have, the services that are available, how can this stranger from this non-profit, non-profit mm-hmm. organization care about my dog issue, my custody mm-hmm. battle, my uh, issues with the police? Is it possible that uh, perhaps we need to do more as an organization or as organizations to bridge that gap so that we don't leave behind people like those we've mentioned earlier who felt they had no other recourse. Um, It's quite likely we'll we'll not get to everyone, but obviously we're here as members of our organizations because we want to get to everyone. We want everyone to feel that uh, organizations like Conflict Mediation Services, like Family Support and and Youth Services of Etobicoke are here to help. The private information court stops you from going that extra distance and and being in front of a judge and having a judgment, but one step back where you can still resolve it with an organization. Well, it's interesting. In private information court, because it's a referral from the court, from the attorney, um, well, from the crown attorney, uh, a lot of the times you, you are faced as a case manager with mistrust and the mistrust of the government, the mistrust of law. And I always point out that this is outside the rights of law and that mediation is giving an opportunity for not who's right or who's wrong, but looking at it from different ways and coming to a new understanding as how to move forward. Because a lot of the times um, we do have a mistrust of the government or we've had a bad experience in the past with government and injustice. So a lot of the times that might be something that is also when they look at an organization like ours, it's not trusted. And, you know, I'd like to put out there that our organization is a third party and we're not associated with any 
government um, per se. We're, we're totally on our own. And one of the reasons why we are on our own and we actually struggle to be on our own is because we do keep that independence and we do keep that impartial. We want to be that invisible yet um, a tool for people that are in conflict. Um, so it is, a trust is definitely an issue and hopefully we address that on an ongoing basis. Thank you. Um, Ruby, I would want to hear from you here as well in terms of your experiences or, or comments that you might have on this in terms of uh, culture, conflict, and trust. And then I'd I, we want to hear from Istar as well to, to add into this conversation. Well, I, I think myself, uh, a lot of people would benefit from this, uh, you know, this uh, training, I mean, this program where because of the fact that a lot of people, like, you know, because of their background or whatever, they, um, they don't even know what mediation is all about. That's one of the aspects. And second of all, I see that language is a barrier. And uh, people, they want to express themselves, but they cannot. So they, they, they sometimes, you know, I see in my culture, for instance, um, that a lot of the problem is people go, you know, into once they get nervous or into a bad situation, a bad problem, uh, they tend to go into their own language and get carried away. And that's one of the issues um, that they have. And um, I have some experience, and like I said prior, uh, with mediation, and I could see this being like I could see this benefiting a lot of people. That's I, that's what I would like to do, like try and help them by interpreting or, you know, representing them in a way that they can, you know, reach out and say, you know, like, you're not alone in a way. You know, this is available to you and because a lot of people don't even know this exists. And that's my main purpose. Okay. Thank you. Esther, is, um, I'm getting an um, indication from uh, Sergio that uh, the phones have already started ringing and we haven't even asked for your calls. Wonderful. Um, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll, um, we'll hear from Esther briefly and then we'll take uh, some phone calls. Thank you.
We're back on 1610 Voces Latinas with our Conflict Mediation Services uh, show. We have a caller on the air. Go ahead, caller. Hello okay. and welcome. Oh, thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I'm sorry I'm calling and you didn't give the order to do so, but <laughs> I thought I might have, I had the question and uh, I thought I might do it right now, but uh, I didn't know you have to have a part of the program only for questions. It's going to be very simple and short. Uh, my question is the following. Only in radio, I've been in Canada for about 18 years, but I never heard about this, uh, um, the, your resources. The first time that I heard, it was in the, in the radio Voces Latinas. So I always wonder, you know, when I hear things awful, like the father, what happened last week, and also cases like mothers, they kill themselves and they kill their children. And you always think, what is it that we as neighbors never have a chance to do anything, you know? Because as much as you see it in the media and you think that they are bad, but that doesn't mean they are bad. They mean they are going through such a difficult time that gone, they have done that, right? So I was wondering if you make yourself also known by other other, uh, like radio or TV or uh, newspapers, because I've never heard about you before. And I think this is a great thing that you do. And, you know, I hope more people listen and also they can do some volunteer for you, because it's a way of stopping things before they happen. Well, thank you very much for your call. Appreciate You're welcome. it. Um, what I can say is that this radio program, this show, is one of our efforts in terms of communicating with the public at large about the opportunity for people who are experiencing some form of issue or concern, a difficulty in their life, with someone, whether it's a neighbor, a family member, a friend in the workplace, with a landlord, that they have an alternative to come together to try to deal with it in a peaceful and respectful way. Uh, traditionally, here, there are basically dealing with the, the police and the courts. And we're an alternative to that process. And the, the process that we provide for is uh, respectful of individuals. It's free. It's confidential. That means that anything that people talk about is totally held within the, the confines of the, um, the mediation process. Um, we also do outreach in terms of going out in the community and promoting the service bringing awareness about it to the police. So when they respond to a call and there's no criminal aspect to the situation, that we provide for uh, what we call outreach cards. So the individuals are left with some kind of assistance and support in terms of following up with their situation, in terms of trying to deal with it in another way that they may not have been aware of and may be more helpful for their particular kind of situation. Uh, as well, we uh, attend different events. We have uh, tables that we set up, promote our service. We try to do uh, direct contact with, let's say, uh, service organizations like Children's Aid, Catholic Children's Aid, Victim Services. All these are opportunities for us to bring awareness and educate the public and also the people who come in con contact with situations that potentially are conflict situations. And they have a resource in terms of facilitating an opportunity for the people in conflict to uh, gain some kind of assistance. Okay? 
also something that was mentioned by the caller, and I wanted to put it out there again. Conflict does come from miscommunication, and wouldn't it be such a wonderful idea to talk to your neighbors if you have a difficult issue happening? And sometimes it might not be possible, and that's why Community Conflict Mediation Services of Downs U is there. We're there to help, um, to put out that dialogue and talk about what matters to us. Thank you. Um, just to remind everyone, the we might have time for one more call. Um, I wanted to hear from Istar. She she wanted to talk to us about something very specific with her culture. Um, before that, the phone number is here again: four one six seven eight five zero six eight zero. Istar, tell us about uh, culture and conflict from your cultural standpoint. Um, actually, I agree with the group, and uh, my experience is that most of uh, our clients um, are from different backgrounds. Specifically, we deal with Somali community, and trust issues do exist. In uh, And the reason why I'm saying that is that conflict resolution uh, exists within the culture in a different form, such as like parents and elderly, and they just works they work out with the uh, the conflict that they're having however for them coming to Canada and uh, dealing within the traditional and uh, system it's more trust issue to them because they do not like the idea of expressing their views and their problems with the like whatever they have next neighbor or anything that's happening with with them so because of that um, I'm really glad that uh, Conflict mediation services take consideration in uh, cross-cultural and cultural backgrounds to more to understand more about where the client is coming from in order to accommodate um, a sense of belonging and sense of support from the community itself. And I truly believe in the mediation. I myself, I'm a mediator, volunteer mediator, and um, my part of my job is to increase the trust within the mediation and I truly agree with the group. Thank you. We're uh, hoping, we're waiting on one more phone call. It doesn't seem like it's coming. We've done, we've done the best we can. Um, at this point, I guess this, uh, this wraps up uh, our show here tonight. Um, I would like to thank Greg Fenton, Ishtar Ahmed, Jenny D'Alessandro, Ruby Breaker, from Conflict Mediation Services of Downsview for stopping by and providing their insight. Our next show will be Sunday, April 10, from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Voces Latinas 1610, when the topic for discussion will be restorative justice, crime, the courts, and the community. Um, again, Conflict Mediation Services can be reached at 416-740-2522, www.cmsd.org. Tune in for more talk, questions, and answers on conflict, mediation, and the issues that affect our communities today. Good night. Brian, can I just interject slightly? Is that if individuals have a situation that they feel they would like some kind of assistance with, please feel free to contact every the the number at four one six seven four zero two five. Two two, it's totally confidential. So we will provide an opportunity to do uh, 
some kind of intake in terms of discussing with the individual what's going on. And if we have uh, a sense that the situation that we are dealing with is not going to be uh, something that we can deal with directly, we will provide a referral to another alternate resource. As well, if there are community members or audience members who are uh, listening to the show right now who are interested in somewhat taking the training and becoming a mediator volunteer, please feel free to contact again at 416-740-2522. Thanks. Thanks, Brian, and I hope that was okay with you. <laughs> That's fine, Greg. Um, again, Conflict Mediation Services, 416-740-2522. Good night from us and safe travels. Mm-hmm.